1: He starts dropping his own sweet song Wake up, wake up, you head. Get up, get up, get out of the bed Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, love and be happy What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten but still I listen his own sweet song.
2: We could have won it with the chances we created. We could have lost it if it wasn't for an offside flag. But a draw at Donny isn't the worst result in the world after the week that we've had. Welcome to Charlton Live. Charlton Live. So good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. Coming to you live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me here at the Valley as we get ready to look back at yesterday's one-all draw. A uh, very controversial one-all draw in the end uh, up at Doncaster Rovers. Ah, Mr. Tom Wallin, are you doing Tom on that far side of the table there?
3: Yeah, good. Fresher than you two, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, you didn't. You didn't come to our nails after the <laughs> no. game. You bottled it. So yeah, I did. But now I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, you had an 11 mile run today though, which uh, yeah. I can't say. Uh, I can't say. No, my
3: legs aren't feeling too fresh. But,
2: excellent. Uh, yeah, excellent. And uh, joining the pair of us, Mr. Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lewis? Yeah, all right. A bit fragile. But, yeah, but, but not
4: too bad now. I've,
2: you, I've recovered. You enjoyed your day?
4: Yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? Really, really good yeah. fun. Um, result. Probably had taken that at the at the start of the day and had everybody out yesterday, so it was good fun. Yeah, at least we was...
2: both turned up, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I should <laughs> point out at this point, at this stage of proceedings, that Nathan Muller was supposed to be here, and don't forget, this show starts at seven o'clock in the evening. He overslept. <laughs> he, uh, he, we he got a text about twenty minutes before the show. He's like, oh, just woken up. Uh, I can be there at quarter past seven. I said, don't bother, Nath. You're sacked. But no, he won't, he
3: won't be here this evening. couple of indiscretions over the yeah. past few yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. Right? Swearing, sleeping. Problems.
2: I don't know. He's, got, he's gone off the rails over the last few weeks. Uh, yeah, excellent. Right on tonight's show. So we will look back at yesterday's one all draw up at Doncaster Rovers. We're going to hear the highlights, including that uh, controversially uh, last-minute ruled-out goal for Doncaster uh, we'll uh, hear of course from Lee Bowyer served uh, the first of his uh, free match touchline ban uh, yesterday afternoon but we hear what he had to say uh, we'll also hear what you guys had to say about the performance you can get involved you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at Charlton Live. you can head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, there's a thread on there for tonight's show have your say about yesterday's performance and I dare say you may want to have your say uh, about something that came up during the week I think I covered it a little bit on Thursday just, just a bit <laughs> yeah but uh, we'll, we'll talk about um, Roland du his bizarre statement uh, about the club being sold to the EFL so if you want to have your say on that you you can do so as well via the the methods just uh, mentioned Lee Bayer had his say on that as well yesterday I didn't say too much about it but uh, I did ask him for his opinion on that uh, suggestion um we're also going to hear from nabby sarr because i promised you a nabby sarr interview on thursday and i didn't deliver and i I'd like to be a man of my word so we'll hear a little bit from nabby sarr uh i was actually after last week's game at wimbledon but there's a couple of questions that are more about his general time at the club so we'll hear from nabs uh later on if we also we have time richard workman uh, listener uh, and friend uh, to the show he sent in a, su- uh, a suggestion for a topic earlier now billy bonds had an, a stand uh, named after him at the taxpayer stadium in stratford yesterday for for west ham so uh, richard asked if you could name a stand after someone here at the valley who would it be uh, and why so if you want to have your say on that as well a few of you have tweeted in on that uh, you can do so so plenty of topics to get your teeth into uh, this evening here on Charlton Live the first one of course though is that game yesterday Tom you were there commentating Lewis you were there uh, inebriated and watching Uh, we've got your audio diary later as well which I'm looking forward to all of us uh, (laughs) went 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 to the game uh, together Uh, but Tom uh, well all being said uh, a point not a bad result Probably, if you ignore the fact that we conceded a last-minute goal that was then ruled out for offside, I mean, we could probably feel a little bit hard done by that we haven't come away with three points there.
3: Yeah, I think, first of all, the points are a very good result there. Um, they got a very, very good home record. And we easily matched them, if not bettered them in large parts of the game. Came out of the blocks very fast. Thought probably dominated maybe that first half, certainly with a better side without creating a huge amount of chances or or necessarily testing uh, Marossi. Uh, Second half started a little bit sluggish, then had that obviously frantic spell ahead of getting the goal and then it was just about really whether we could keep it tight enough and keep it secure, which obviously we couldn't do. But I think if I'd have been offered that before the game, I certainly would have taken it and I think on the whole it was was a good charm performance against a a tough and resolute side who, as I say, have a very good home record and you look ahead to the likes of... uh, Pompey and Luton to come we obviously got them both at home but it's the sort of performance that makes me think we can compete against those sides as well, which is which is a positive.
2: One of my favourite football cliches is when a draw feels like a win or a defeat because of the circumstances <coughs> at which it came about. But yesterday, it feels like a defeat on one on one hand because we played well, we had plenty of chances in 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 spells, uh, having taken the lead within the last twenty minutes. You, you expect to go on to win it. Uh, obviously, we then conceded, but then it, it feels like a victory because we effectively lost it in the last minute, and then. Uh, That goal was chalked off, and I mean that these fine margins so important towards the end of the season. When you think about that cushion now, the five point cushion over Doncaster remains. Uh, Peterborough in seventh place did gain two points on us with their their win over Wickham, but you know if we'd lost that game and we were only five points ahead of Peterborough and only what would have been three points ahead of uh, Doncaster, then all of a sudden you're a bit edgy. So to keep that cushion especially in the way it happened in that last minute with the with the goal that's ruled out offside which was contentious if we're being fair i mean there's people who've got views on it both ways and we we'll, we'll, we'll have the, that conversation later feels like a victory then does it
4: yeah i mean <laughs> when when that uh when the goal that got ruled out went through went in the goal we were we were all a little bit a little bit frustrated a little bit worried i think mean, you could see nike was uh was going a bit nuts down the front um so he was even happier once it got chalked off, and all the all the Donny fans that had ran on the pitch, and uh, the old coaching staff that were all jumping on each other's backs, and I've had to go back back down and sit back down again. Was uh, it's always satisfying when you see that, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the actual uh, the actual game itself, I think from the first half, I didn't really feel like we competed a huge amount, but I think that was. Uh, as we touched, on it, I think the view that we had from the uh, from the stand mm. wasn't great. I think you could see all the action at the other end. I think you guys were a bit more a yeah. So weird one yeah, I, was,
2: I was editing your, um, your match day diary uh, today. <laughs> half time, you and uh, uh, Rondon and, uh, and and the rest of you sounded a bit disappointed. Whereas at half time, I was thinking like we're ripping them apart. We'll in the first half an hour. But anyway, uh, let's have a listen to the, the highlights and then we'll come back and, uh, and discuss the game more. Don't forget. Then you know, is that goal offside? That's the question I'm asking you guys because I've watched it 50 times. And I still have absolutely no idea. So if anyone uh, out there has watched it, let us know. Studio at Uk. Uh, tweet us at Charlton Live or head over to the Charlton Live forum. Let us know if you think that the Doncaster winning goal that got ruled out uh, for offside was that the correct decision or not. I mean, I certainly feel like it was a, a good decision as far as I care, but I don't know if that's being right or not. Well, right, let's have a listen to the highlights of yesterday's game. Uh, Tom Wallin, you stepped up to the plate. You were there uh, doing commentary alongside Terry Smith. You can't
5: do much with that, and Doncaster have it back, but uh, Williams. Hassles the good. possession back for Charlton. Little one two with Daly. He's in the box. Shimmies pass one, goes to the byline. Gets oh. it a cross on, cleared away. Just in front of the goalposts by Doncaster and they can bring it away here. But that's good work from Billick to win the ball back for Charlton. Out to Williams, back into Billick. Stretching a little bit, but he's still on the ball. Back to Cullen. Now out to Johnny Williams on the right hand side. Charlton. With the momentum, cuts back into his left, Johnny Williams. Chip ball into Good the box ball. to Vetticale, finds his way through the top. Back to Vetticale! Oh. oh, and his shot blocked away by Doncaster. Strong start by the Addicts, Still Needs trying to help. take another man on. Nobody there. He's turned back away. Loses Solly now, who does make a run. Good Solly ball. ball into the box. Nabi there, Christian Billig. Oh. Oh. not enough pace on the header. And it's clutched by Morosi. Oh, oh. Keeper knocks it straight out of Vetticale. Into the penalty area comes Eagle. Little touch into a rebo. Can he shoot? Oh, it's blocked man, away again. Going to come out to. Uh, Christian Bellick halfway inside the Doncaster half, he heads it out to Solly. Solly upfield to Aribo. Can he turn his man Andrew? Yes, he does. rebo towards the touchline. Needs it on his takes left. Takes it back on his left. Out to Cullen. Takes a shot. Oh. Oh, headed over the bar. This time. By Butler and Charlton have a corner. Taylor, lovely flick on to Taylor. Taylor, little touch to Williams. Good. Taylor goes on Go for on. a return. Can he take it in the shot? He does. Oh, oh almost through the keeper's legs save. Just about pounced on it
3: before it could get in, nestle in the back of the net. Rebo tries to take his man on, but he's lost the ball. And it might be a counter attack on here because Marquise is away from Chris Solly and he's bursting into the penalty area. On his left foot, takes a oh, shot. Oh, oh, Bauer yeah. gets in to deflect it over the bar. Looked for a second like it was going to deflect into the top corner. It has gone over Three the bar. Kick taken, just rolled by Perrington into Williams. Williams Flips it forward towards Patrick oh, Barry, who gets down. his head to it twice, and it drops to Belic. Oh. But Belic has a shot, and it's well. I was going to say, Brodsky's better than be- oh, oh, Belic. Oh, what a save by Morosi, There is the half-time whistle blown by Bentona. Wilkes tracking him, and the ball breaks to Lyle Taylor. Taylor's got space to run into, gives it out to Rebo, carried on his run on the right-hand side, cuts inside in his left foot, shapes to shoot Ooh. towards the back post, just curls oh, it over mind the bar. It, no. it's a good, uh, good effort from Joe Rebo. Comes in from Crawford towards the back post, and it is Marquis who nods it back into the middle, and the shot comes in from Coppinger on his left. Foot and it takes a deflection, I think, off Bielik. Yeah, it was. And it's out for a corner. Ended those first two well, and this time it's going to be Crawford from the near side, so it's going to be out right footed. And in it comes towards the edge of the six yard box. Phillips starts to make a run
5: and it's headed in, and oh, Solly heads line. it off the line. And Aribo then gets it away to Lyle Taylor. So chip ball looking for the run of Vetticale. He's up against Downing, who's trying to let That's it go done out. So Vetticale well. does superbly well. Drops to the floor, he's on it, Vetticale. Go on Head to Purrington. To, to Taylor, can't oh. get it under control. No, he oh, it's off the the post! post. with the ball. Can't get it under control, Fosser. He's a bit isolated there, Josh Cullen. He's up against Andrew. Turns inside, takes him on. Goes oh, one brilliant. way into the box, Josh Cullen. 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 Will he take a shot? A a ball. ball! Not given. rebound a, Ribo. a Ribo. Oh. shot blocked away. Again. Second shot. Oh, oh, tipped around the post. Charlton banging on the door with a sledgehammer and it still won't go in. I cannot believe it. Cullen did so
3: well to turn his man twice, broke into the area, snap shot with his left foot, it bounced off a of Doncaster player, I have no idea what part of him it hit, bounced out to Joarribo as a shot, blocked out, back to Joarribo again with another shot and deflected behind for a corner. Charlton have had four or five chances in the last couple of minutes and I cannot believe not one of them has gone in.
5: On this near side, Cullen with a short turn, quick corner. Vetter Kelly had made the run back to Cullen. Cullen fizzed across. Oh, yes! It's a goal for John. Josh Cullen with a shot. Marquis, I think, deflected it past his keeper, or maybe even through his legs. But Charlton have never lead. 26 minutes into this second half, Josh Cullen will claim it.
3: Uh, it has to be an own goal but what a brilliant bit of play from Charlton it's been coming the last five or six minutes Charlton have really stepped it up they've been fantastic chance after chance after chance I was disappointed when the corner went short because I thought it was slowing the momentum down but Cullen's second ball in was low, hard and fizzing and it was John Marcus who's got 21 goals already for Doncaster this season who tried to flick the header away to get anything on it and I think inadvertently has flicked it between his own keeper's legs and into the back of the net but no less than Charlton deserved for these last few minutes to find themselves one nil up?
5: Well, I said we've been banging at the door. Doncaster body's been thrown in front of every single attempt Charlton had. But this time, not only did we knock on the door, we broke through and we're into the living room. Inside it comes to Whiteman. Whiteman in a bit of space as Charlton dropped deep. Whiteman, ball up towards Wilkes. Wilkes uh, shadowed by Purrington, but he gets a shot away! Oh, and he scores! And Phillips is fuming at his defence straight after
3: that change was made and Doncaster about to bring on two players but a wonderful finish from Wilkes who's probably been their most creative player you'd have to say he had his back to goal on the edge of the penalty area and he has had half a second to turn and fire that shot in left-footed Phillips furious that there weren't Charlton players closer to him very little he could do in the Charlton goal and
5: just two minutes after the addicts are ahead they find themselves level. The attack Don Costa, the ball sent towards the edge of the area. butler stayed forward, it's his header back into and the ball edge of Surely, And it's Marquis, what a save! Oh, Dylan, Dylan Phillips. Phillips with a quite spectacular left-handed save to keep out the effort from Marquis. That is absolutely incredible. The ball just dropped to Marquis on the
3: edge of the air, who stabbed it forward. It was fairly close to Phillips' body, but so close, it was so
5: difficult for him to get down to his left. And he was down in an instant, and the ball just squirmed away and trickled just wide of the post. He touched, but he's still on the end of it, Marquis. Sends it across here to Blair. He lets it run to Wilkes. Wilkes back across to Whiteman. Takes the shot. Whiteman, oh, oh. gets the bar! It's going to drop again to Whiteman. Heads it left to Marquis not defending it. Oh, it's there! Oh no, it's offside! Oh! <laughs> oh the, the assistant never had his flag up when the ball hit the back of the net. Nobody,
3: uh, people are just starting to realise around us. I had no idea. The bench were out.
5: The players were halfway well, down the, referee, the touchline. Well, the referee override him here no ref I can only assume it's for I wonder if it's somebody in the eye line someone
3: in the eye line someone in the
5: eye line of Dylan Phillips yeah
3: well I don't see how he can override him because he would yeah he's given offside
5: he's given offside unless Marquis was offside
3: no he can't have been because the late flag there's no way it was that I'd love to see the replay and find out Charlton's someone, bench just trying to calm him down Someone
5: someone on a Doncaster bench is getting a, a yellow or some sort of card Yeah, It's uh, McCann who's getting a yellow card Well, that's a three-match ban right there, surely
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Well, we got away with one there, I think Charlton didn't really defend that t- well at that's all, all. <laughs> From the ball off the crossbar To the minute it dropped to Marquette And there is the final whistle
3: and uh, oh the Doncaster players it's going to be a straight red after the final no, a no, just a yellow because the players bursting in towards the referee here a
5: yellow for uh, mate and it's all kicking off credit to the Wilkes Doncaster to assistant manager away. here because Wilkes he is, is getting one as well
3: the Doncaster assistant is furious at his players for going and surrounding the referee and trying to just get them off the pitch which is a sensible thing to do and look you think you've scored a last minute winner we know how we felt last week when Igor scored if you then find out that's ruled out you've Gonna rightly so be frustrated, but you can't surround a referee like that.
2: There we go, what an ending uh, to the game it was up at the, the, the Keep Moat Stadium. Um, I, it was, I seemed so I had no idea that goal was offside. I, I, I in, in the time it we t- we heard how long it took you guys mm. to notice the flag, I think, I think that's just how long it took the flag to go up. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I, I even got a goal tweet out and then uh, managed to uh, correct it, and I got a lot of abuse for that, which is probably fair because if I was sat at home. Waiting to see if we'd held onto a draw, and then some idiot saying that we'd lost, and we and then said, "Oh no, wait, it's fine, we haven't." Uh, I'd be uh, getting ready to throw my phone out the window as well. So sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> but um, yeah, a, a, a massive relief when that goal was ruled out for offside, um, because I mean that would have been devastating the way that we played in that game. To so if we'd lost it in that in circumstances like that, yeah.
3: And I just don't, I don't think it would have been deserved. And you heard on the commentary there, I did say we didn't defend, or Terry said actually we didn't defend that. Pu- passage of play particularly well and I agree with him I think the goal itself uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit we didn't defend that well but aside from that on the whole we did fine we you know Marquise had a couple of chances Phillips made some crucial saves but he's part of that defence and he did his job Bauer made a fantastic block Um, so whilst they did create opportunities we were there to defend them and put our bodies on the line so uh, to have then conceded in that last minute would have just been sickening I mean the fact that neither of us said anything when the goal went in just proves how gutted we were until obviously we realised and and I don't think it would have been fair either. If Charlton had scored up the other end, obviously emotionally I would have been right at the other end of the scale but I think that would have been harsh on Doncaster as well. I think the draw was the right result but yeah when that went in my my heart just sank Mm. and uh yeah, it was just utter relief when that flag went up.
2: I mean, we saw the frustration of the Doncaster player at the end. I mean, it was uh, I boredom. Mean, I mean, you said it on the comms, Tom. I mean, May should have been sent off. He he didn't just run up and shout at a referee. He ran into him, barged into him. Uh, and there's no way it was an accident. I mean, he should have been sent off. But I mean, the, the, the fury, even uh, McCann was furious and he got a book in himself. Uh Malik Wilkes who who scored the actual equalizer was booked in the melee afterwards as well. Um right, so let, let let's just open that can of worms right now. <laughs> is it offside or is it not? So it's a long shot that, that's hit crashed off the crossbar. Uh it's fallen to Marquise inside the area. Now he sidestepped his man. Uh, and for, as far as i could tell on 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 first viewing he's just volleyed it into the top corner Phillips is unmoved um because there is men there are men in front of him there's two men in front of him i think may is one of them i'm not sure who the other one is for certain um it hits a head of one of them the one who wasn't quite the furthest forward. Now, there is a suggestion that that one, which I think is May, is slightly ahead of Nabi Saar, but whether Purrington's playing him one side at the same time, I'm not certain. The second one, who's further towards the goal, is definitely offside in any situation, either from the shot or from the header. And now you're asking whether that second one is in the line of sight of Dylan Phillips. Now, I've looked at it a couple of times and I'm not sure the second one is in the line of sight of Dylan Phillips. So I don't think... You could argue that he was the one that ruled was is the reason for the goal being ruled out. Uh, now I know Phillips know Phillips was definitely saying afterwards that it's hit someone's head and that person therefore I think is May. And I think you you're arguing now borderline from the, the view we've got, I'm not certain whether he's the, the wrong side of Abby Sar, and even if he is, whether Perrington's playing him on or not. So uh, I I can give you absolutely no clarity on that. Um, Lewis, can you can you do any better?
4: Um, I mean, obviously the, from where we were sat. I, I couldn't see why it was chalked off. Um, I've had a look at some pictures today that have come out, uh, quite a good view from the corner of where that mm. goal is.
2: Yeah, there was a, a YouTube video of a Donny fan from behind that has the, have, probably has the best view and st- even then I've watched it a couple of times so I don't know.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a hard call. I mean... That Lino's got some serious uh, some serious guts to make a call like that in the Yeah. In the ninety sixth minute, wasn't it? Yeah. Already like,
2: so, three minutes of of added time were shown. Uh, it was either went down Bilic or Ari, B- Aribo, B- Aribo went oh, down Ariba, Ariba Ariba went, went down in that first minute. Uh, and then for for one minute, then he got up and then we played three minutes and then Billick went down. And then yeah. they brought on Dixiel and I thought, what's the point in this? Like there's literally, like we've played three Second, minutes of added yeah. time, even with with, mm. with the the minute for a rebate. We then played another three minutes. So like I, was, I thought, I thought it would be funny to count how many seconds Dixiel was on between coming on and the referee blowing the whistle. They played another two minutes. So I don't know, <laughs> don't know where he got that <laughs> from. So the time. I imagine Bowie would have had something to say about that had that goal stood right at the end. Um but yeah you, you can understand the frustration because i mean that is a absolutely marginal call uh, and as lewis says tom i mean the the, the liono who is one of my favourite people on earth <laughs> um, and, and I think should be knighted. Um, has, has um, I mean, must have twenty twenty vision. and must be, I mean, you have to be certain as well to, to make that decision. So a, a brave decision and one that I'm really pleased he made.
3: Yeah, massive, massive cojones on him to do that. I think when you get Terry Smith congratulating or praising a match official, you know, they've done something positive for yeah. Charlton. Uh, like everybody else, I can't give any clarity. Um, at the time, like we said just off air there, at the time the goal goes in and the reason we're gutted is we see absolutely no reason to to think otherwise than it's a goal. Um, I've seen the pictures back. I, I agree with your kind of initial summary. It looks like there is a player who makes a run towards the ball. For me, he, from what I've seen, he comes from an onside position. There's then a second player there who is definitely, or I would say offside. Does he have involvement in it? I'm not sure. As you said, Dill says someone gets ahead to it, so it's very difficult. If that was at the Valley and we were the home team and that goes in, you'd be furious if that got mm. chalked off, so I understand their disappointment. But on the balance of, of luck and the things that have and haven't gone our way this season, I think we would do one, to be honest. Um, so I think uh, I don't think we're going to be able to give a comprehensive answer, yes or no, about whether it was or wasn't offside, but I think on the balance of play and the way the game goes, it, it was probably fair um and it's just one of those things but as I say as a Doncaster fan I completely understand why they Mm. were so upset but Dylan says he saw something and if you look at the replays the players immediately react and turn to the official they don't they don't drop to their knees or anything and whilst I know sometimes you see defenders throw their hands up kind of (laughs) hopefully looking from (laughs) the side this lot turned like they were expecting a decision not that they were just hopeful so maybe there's something in Mm. that I'm not sure but I mean i I've got as much clarity as anyone else, really. It's, it's a really tight call.
2: It's worth looking back at our winner at Wimbledon last week if you want to see the most outrageous offside claim you've ever seen. When, um, when the ball was prodded forward by Nabi Saar, then flicked on by Vetticale, and Aribo had the shot that the keeper saved. I think it was Wagstaff, possibly, but there's a player on the far side who appealed for offside on arebo, when he was the man playing him onside by about three <laughs> yards. He was literally not even close, but yeah, uh, that's irrelevant. I mean, how stupid must you feel if you're that Doncaster fan who was on a pitch? I mean, I only oh. saw one. Was there more than one? There was a couple. Was, there was a couple, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, the the joy. Uh, and then all of a sudden you've got this, have to walk off the pitch gingerly, presumably getting taken away as well. Um, yeah. I mean, Mark Anderson's asking if they get banned. I mean, uh, judging by what appears to be the rules, then surely they have to be banned as well. So imagine, what would you get banned for? Um, offside. Celebrated <laughs> yeah. an offside goal. Well done. Oh, I mean, yeah. you must feel so stupid. Um, uh, over the course of the game, as we said, I mean, that would have been really harsh if we had lost that game. Because, I mean, if if you judge the game on spells of dominance, then Charlton had probably the the opening in half an hour. Then there was fifteen minutes while Doncaster come back into it before half time. Although then Billick did have that big chance just before half time, um, maybe the first 10-15 minutes of the second half were Donnie's, but then we again, we had that really rampant spell of chances where we hit the post, Ariba had ones uh, blocked. I mean, jo- Josh Cullen had that shot that we all thought looked like handball from where we were, but then when you watch it back, it hit the guy in the face. <laughs> um, and then we finally take the lead. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, other than, uh, it, I guess after we take the lead, I mean, obviously it wasn't that long before we conceded again, but I don't think we really had any more chances after that. And then Donnie obviously had the last five minutes plus the, what six minutes of added time where they were putting us under pressure, um, but over the course of the game, I mean, we had some really dominant spells, and we really should have been two three up at the break.
4: Oh, definitely. I mean, we um, we had some we had some really decent chances in that in that first half, which, to be honest, I didn't really see how good they were from that end. We had um. You know, Bilic those two chances. I mean, what what a save from from Marozzi as well. For, I mean, even even deny in, him.
2: even in the opening minute. I mean, Vetakale had a chance which uh, which was well blocked. I mean, Taylor we saw uh, had an effort straight at the keeper when he was flicked through by Williams. I think Cullen had one that was uh, headed away as it looked like it was going into the top corner. Bilic with his two volleys just before half time. I think he also had a header in about five minutes in as well. So all these chances and it's just the same old story at the moment, yeah. Lewis, That we're not. Ruthless. I mean, uh, I was listening back to your commentary, Tom. I think uh, you you were talking about the Barnsley game before before the start of our game, and they are ruthless, and we're not at the moment. And that's 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 what that's the reason we're not going to be in the top two. Yeah, and that's that's a reason why we we might struggle if the in the playoffs if we don't address that soon.
4: Well, exactly. Yeah, you need to be clinical, and and as you say, you need to punish teams. We, We we can create these chances, and we have creative players in that midfield, and we're crying out for these midfield players to. To create chances for for uh, Igor and for for Lyle and for themselves, and we're we're getting the chances there, but we just can't seem to stick it in the back of the net. I mean, Lyle Taylor, he, he's not scored a goal since Shrewsbury away, I believe, which was when was that January, mid January, before before he got sent off against Accrington. Mm-hmm. I don't think he scored a goal since then. Yeah. And I know you know we've lost Carlin in the meantime, so he's, he's sort of lost his partner there. But I mean, yesterday I did, I didn't think he had he had the best of games, Lyle Taylor. I think he. He is always a handful whenever he plays because he's he's got that physical presence about him, but it's something that seems to be missing from his game at the moment. Uh, and obviously, Igor, you're you're putting pressure on somebody who's had a lack of minutes all season and hasn't played a lot of football over the last couple of years anyway. Mm. Uh, and we've we've obviously, as discussed before, we've, we've spoken about Johnny Williams has come under a bit of criticism as well lately for his uh, for his end product. Um, he got pulled off quite early on. Uh, in the game yesterday, which to be honest, the first time I've not been surprised when he's come off. I didn't think he had a great game yesterday either. Um, but it's something that we need to address. And I'm sure. I'm sure Boyer is. Um, we know we've just got a. we got another game coming up Saturday at home, and I'm. I'm hoping maybe that home backing will get something into the players, and we'll see. See if we can kick on from
2: there. The goal when it did come, uh, Tom, uh, uh, sort of midway through. It was seventy seventy second minute. So. Uh, inside the final twenty minutes. again like we say, it was at the end of that spell where we, we we'd just seen Taylor hitting the post. Uh, we've seen a rebo having their two shots blocked as he was following up on, on Cullen's shot that was also blocked. Um and I mean the way the way it came about it's always funny uh, when an ex Millwall uh, man scores an own goal against you, John Marquise, who's been there. Uh, it is he's he's been deadly for uh, for Donny so far this season but yesterday wasn't really his best game he missed a, uh, a couple of chances when he was offside he scored a goal that was also offside I mean he kept getting caught offside mm. uh, and then I, I think he would have felt um, vindicated if he had scored that goal at the end he would have felt like well I've, I've done my bit now but um, there was some some moans and groans from the Doncaster fans next to us when he got given the the man of the match award over the tannoy uh-huh. but I mean I, w- I would have given it to him quite happily yeah. in the 72nd <laughs> minute when he when he did that
3: yeah me too um and you're right, we uh, we swapped comms halfway through the second half, so it's around 67 minutes, and ever since I handed it back to Tell, for that five-minute period, we were absolutely relentless, and there was chance after chance after chance, and you heard it in the highlights there, I said, I, I cannot believe we haven't scored from this, and you think, if we don't, we've lost it, because that's our momentum there, and we need to capitalise on it, so... You see that corner taken short and you think, "Wow, that's just killed all that momentum. You really want to be whipping that in. And as that was going through my head, Cullen whips that ball in and uh, an ex-Millwall player heading it in just is the icing on the cake. But I don't think it was any less than we deserved at that point in the game. I think especially those last five minutes. But if you take the game up to 72 minutes, we were the better side overall and we deserved to be in front. Um, He didn't have his best game up the other end, I don't think. Although he did, as you say, pull our defence apart at times but I think that was our own doing really that was the fault of Solly or Perrington on the other side for being too far advanced but the the other two Sire and Bauer played that offside track well and kept getting him caught offside and yeah we go one nil up and then again I don't think it was on the highlights but I said to Tell Wright we just got to keep it tight now if we can get to even 80 minutes and have kept it tight then you throw the likes of Steele or you throw Prattley on and you just try and shut out the game and obviously we didn't get far enough and, uh, and suddenly we were level but at that moment I really thought if we can just keep it tight for a few minutes we're going to go on and win this game.
2: Yeah it's funny isn't it though with the the, the goal, the last two goals we've scored now have been from uh, sh- uh, quickly taking short corners. Mm-hmm. I hate short mm-hmm. corners with a vengeance but uh, twice now in the last couple of games these aren't the sort of corners where you just tap it to someone who's a yard away and then you yeah, and mess it up but this is one where we've actually been quick. Uh, you know, noticed there's a gap in, inside the area and taken it quickly and it's worked for us. Uh, as you say um, Tom we didn't hold on it was only four minutes later, than Malik Wilkes, who um, was probably should have been the man in the match uh, for, for, for Doncaster Rovers uh, on loan from Leeds, got his I think thirteenth goal of the season. Um, good finish from from the edge of the area, but oh, we didn't get tight, did we? I think I think Perrington possibly just showed him the wrong way there.
4: Yeah, I think you got, Perrington's got to have a look at that because he he did show him onto the wrong side, and uh, you know Malik when we were giving him a bit of grief of being a uh, not so good Lyle Taylor yesterday, as you could probably <laughs> hear from the OIM, but. I thought we had a good game yesterday, and um, yeah, like you, surprised he probably he didn't get there. Uh, their Doncaster man of the match, although Marquise it was a cracking finish. <laughs>
2: um,
4: but yeah, it was you know it's frustrating when you concede so so early after after taking the lead. I mean, we it looked like it was to be one of those days. Where we were we were creating all these chances, they just weren't going in. Lyle hit the post, and we've we had a couple off the line, and the one that we thought was handball, and it felt like it was to be one of those days where it just wouldn't go in. So when you get that break of luck, you know it comes off of the uh, Doncaster top scorer a bit into the wrong net and you think oh we might have this here and you think maybe luck's going to be on your side Um, and unfortunately you know we concede concede early on and then after that I just felt like we really struggled to get back into the game I think that that change Nave said to me yesterday I think it was it was made at the right time but it just seemed to uh, happen in the wrong moment if that makes sense you know it was probably the change made sense in terms of where the game was going we could have gone you know gone for a counter attack um, to you know build on the lead that we'd already got and it just so happened that we concede early on, and then we find ourselves a little bit short in the attacking options to go and get a winner ourselves. But, but yeah, fr- it was it was frustrating. But we also we take a point before before the game, and you know if they are they no they no mugs on caster They're up yeah. there for a reason.
2: We're in a we're in a comfortable position, really. I mean, we'll, we'll hear from Boyer in a second. But he has ruled out the top two now, which I think we probably did on this show a few weeks ago, if we're being honest. But um, you know, we, we we've still got that five point gap. Um. We're we're not playing too badly, I'd say. Yesterday we played a right second half at Wimbledon. We we looked quite good. Uh, huge game coming up against uh, Pompey, who uh, have been in awful form up until yesterday when they they thumped uh, Bradford five one. Um, hope yeah, and also the the bigger teams have brought a better performances out in us so far this season. So I, th- I think we're still on track where we need to be in terms of obviously we're we're we still getting over losing Carlin and all that. But I think I think we're in a, in a good place at the moment. Yeah, I think
3: we're we're doing fine and. Terry and, I, yeah, Terry and I were discussing before the game about whether there will come a point where playoffs maybe isn't even mathematically secure, but you know it's very unlikely we're going to drop out. Top two probably is gone. Whether Bowyer will start to rotate his squad a little bit more and start to rest players because we were on such a good run in terms of momentum going into the back end of last season and we got to the Shrewsbury games and I don't know if we were just knackered or what, but it all dropped off. And I said I didn't think we would. I thought Boja would continue to push for that top two until it was mathematically impossible. But obviously the end of yesterday's game, as you say, pretty much ruled that out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and at what point that is. um, Because we need at least three or four more wins, I think, probably to secure a playoff place. But at that point maybe we can start to rotate the squad. But then you've got players that need to play themselves into form. And you both mentioned it there. And as you say, I mentioned the Barnsley game on commentary yesterday. Our big thing is that we're just not ruthless enough and You'll hear the Cullen interview whenever that comes out in the week. Even he talks about someone's due a hiding from us soon. And Bowie has been saying that it seems all season and we haven't really smashed anyone. And now with Carl and gone, I'm starting to wonder whether actually we, whether we have got the side that can do that. Because for all their good play, the likes of Reeves, Aribo, um, Williams, then Fosu, they're not feeding enough goals into the side yet. Um, if they do, then we're going to fly into the last part of the season. But if not, we're going to have to scrape one nils, two ones where we can. And, you know, a win's a win, still three points. But I'm just a little bit wary at the moment that that at that end of the pitch, things aren't quite clicking. But as you say, performances on the whole have been very, very good. The midfield looks solid. Defensively, we're pretty good. It's just about whether we can score ourselves enough goals to put some momentum on going into the last part of the season.
2: Right, don't forget, you can have your say on this evening's Charlton Live. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, you can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. We've got some messages uh, coming in now uh, that we're going to get to. We're talking about yesterday's game, of course, a one-all draw up at Doncaster. You can talk about what you're about to hear from Lee Boyer as well, because Boyer obviously touches upon the, the, the game. He talks about Johnny Williams as well, actually. Interesting uh, to, to what you just added there, Tom, uh, about his lack of end products so far, uh, which uh, if you want to have your say on that, of course... Uh, Also, uh, I did ask Lee Bayer about the stuff that Roland uh, Duchatelet had to say during the week. He's uh, demanding that the EFL acquire the football club. Um, If you can come up with some sort of feasible plan of how that could work, feel free to email that and copy in Roland um, as well. But yeah, he has his say on that. So of course, people will want to have their say on that situation as well. Uh, And don't forget, Rich Workman had the idea about who would you name a stand here at the Valley after uh, following the fact that West Ham have named uh, one part of uh, some one else's stadium after Billy Bonds uh, former Charlton former player as well actually obviously Billy Bonds but uh, more more uh, in line with West Ham United so any of those things you want to have your say on uh, feel free to get in contact look forward to hearing uh, from you on this evening's Charlton Life. but right now it's time to hear from Lee Bowyer caught up with him after yesterday's 1-0 draw up at Doncaster Rovers and I said uh, despite the late scare uh, you've got to be pretty pleased with a point away to Doncaster uh,
6: yeah I think that was uh, at least we deserved today um, yeah first ten minutes should have been free up. Um, second half, we hit the post, and, and, and we had chance after chance. We just, just didn't take chances, they've made good blocks, keeping made good saves. Seems to be repeating myself a bit, you know, like... Um, but I just said to them, look, don't be disappointed, you've you got a point. It's another game unbeaten and... Um, that they deserved at
2: least that. And most importantly, of course, it keeps Doncaster Rovers from gaining any ground of you in, in that playoff race.
6: Yeah, yeah, you can look at that. But for me, I was still trying to. We were still trying to go for top two, but obviously that's uh, with Barnsley winning today. That's that's done now. That, I think.
2: The, uh, there's been that sickness, bud, throughout the uh, the week of the camp. But it saw no ill effects from the team today with the way they started the game.
6: Yeah, no, they've, um, they were. That was excellent from, from start to finish. Obviously, taking the goal away, but I thought we uh, dominated large parts of that game. Our uh, passing, our movement was very good. Our work rate was very good. So, uh, unfortunately, we we didn't put the game to bed. But um, yeah, I thought they I thought they worked very hard today. And there was that late moment
2: of controversy. The Doncaster Rovers. Uh, players and management didn't seem too happy with the goal that's been ruled out offside. Have you had a chance to look back at it yet? Do you know if it was the correct decision?
6: Yeah, it looks like um, one of their fellows who's in and around a six-yard box, he gambles on the actual shot and then gets a, it looks like he gets a little flick on it because he runs away celebrating so in, and he's in an offside position. Uh, that's, that's that's what he looks like on the telly. So, I have to say, I thought the, the ref was very good today. I thought he was he was a, he was a good one. So um, I thought I thought he'd done well. Yeah. Of course, a different vantage point for yourself, set up
2: in the stand with your your three-match band Now, does it make it more difficult for you to to get your message to the team?
6: No, it's no different. The only difference is you're in a different voice, shouting onto the pitch. So that's that's the only difference. Um, it's a lot clearer up there than 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 down here. You know, you, you've got that that vantage point. So um, yeah. It's, there's no difference whatsoever. Uh, as, as you said, you
2: chan- side created a lot of chances today and it's possibly a little bit of the same old problem of not converting enough as they have over the last few weeks.
6: Yeah, yeah, but it's like I said, we're, we're going to end up pumping someone soon and today it could have been. Uh, them three chances, I think he had a chance in the first couple of minutes, Lawe, he shot too well. And, um, I think Johnny, Johnny Williams maybe had a chance to try and re Like we, we had a lot of chances and, and um, but another day we, we score two, three, four comfortably. Of
2: course, I know it's probably not something that a manager of any football club wants to have to deal with but there's the, the club's again been in the headlines off the pitch this week. Obviously, the owner had his say about an idea that the, the Football League could take over control of the club. Um, for yourself, I mean... It must. Be, is it a distraction? Is it difficult to hear things like that coming out from, from the club when, when fans are looking around and saying that the, these ideas don't make any sense?
6: Uh, do you know, all I do is concentrate on my job and uh, my job's to, to get us promotion. Uh, and that's all I'm concentrating on. Everything else is happening everywhere else. People will make it into negative stories, but for me, there should be good stories that, that, that are coming out, like our, our side... I think we've lost what, one in the last five, we're in fifth, we're five points above the nearest side below us. We've got, what, 10, 11 games left. There's a lot of positives, but no one seems to talk about them. They just Everyone wants to focus on, on negative stuff that's, that's happening and, and that's stuff that, unfortunately, I can't control. Um, so, no, I don't really t- take much notice of what's, what's being said elsewhere. And the fans who travelled up today didn't seem to worry about that. that connection
2: between the supporters and, and the players on the pitch seems as strong as ever. Yeah, and, and that's the most important thing.
6: Like um, the fans have been great all season, and since since I've took over this time last year in March, they've uh, they've been great and very vocal again today, and, and 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 I'm grateful for that. You know, like I thank them all the time for their support, and uh, and, and I'm sure that they will keep coming. And, and Saturday's a massive game. Like it's. It is so big at home, and so uh, I'm guessing the place is going to be bouncing next week, so um, I'm looking forward to that. Cheers, And um, Just a couple on uh, on Johnny Williams as well.
4: Obviously, he was uh, excellent today. Um, how how important has he been since joining Charlton in terms of his impact, both on and off the pitch?
6: He's uh, been good, he's been good, but I think Johnny's a, a player you... I don't, I don't think you can have a set position for him, right, is it right? if I'm honest, like it's, it's difficult to find where he's best, so it's like you have to look at the other team, look at their strengths and weaknesses and then try and fit Johnny in and around that. Um, so he's, he's been very good and, and you can tell he has qualities. Um, he needs to add a goal now. If I'm honest, he needs to score or get an assist, you know, like he's He's good, but I need some end product now. Um, he's had a while to settle in, and, and he's done that, but he's it, been great, he's, he's such a nice fellow. He's probably one of the nicest fellas I've ever met in the game. Um, so, yeah, but he's, he's been good, his experience. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all been a positive signing, Johnny. Absolutely. You mentioned there about how he he didn't really seem to have a position he kind of like roams in and around the
4: attack and that caused uh, a lot of problems for for Doncaster today um, in the second half he, he, he arguably could have got a penalty when he got brought down in the penalty area Was uh, what, what was your view on
6: that yeah, them ones a, a touch and go they? I think he maybe overrun it a little bit and that's why he didn't get the foul but it was a foul um, but I understood why the ref didn't give it because he just overrun it slightly so uh, but that's what he can do he can draw people in and and he's got very quick feet so uh, yeah he just looked a tire to me um that's why I took him off. Not because he was doing bad, he just looked like he was getting a bit tired so
5: What were we saying? So what uh, were we
2: Taylor saying? He said he should line up for these opportunities. Oh, Nobody saw can hit him.
5: Josh Cullen is the other option It's about so that four yards, yards away yards back for you? Four yards up from the edge of the pounds here Naby Saar to take
7: Saar, over it, over it oh! oh! Naby Saar! Naby Oh
0: yes! We've been looking for a free kick hero and it comes in the way of Naby Saar Everyone's going to claim they said it but the total man the centre-half with a great free-kick, the goalkeeper was stood and couldn't do anything about it, and Charlton have the equaliser.
2: Backs, showing live here on Maritime Radio on your Sunday evening. Uh, just heard from Lee Bowyer there, the Addicts manager after yesterday's one 0 draw up at Doncaster Rovers. Um, really pleased with the performance, by the sounds of it. Of course, he thought the lads were excellent. Um, other than the fact that they didn't stick the ball in the net, I think enough times. Only, only <laughs> once, and it came from from someone else. Um, overall, I mean, he, he seemed pretty pleased with the the performance. And I guess it, it must be a bit confusing as, as a manager when you can see the team playing so well. You know, up until the edge of the, the penalty area and then they just can't seem to stick the ball in the net again Tom.
3: Yeah so frustrating isn't it and as you say he says that you know they're doing everything right in training as well, um, you see them before the game obviously practicing their finishing and even going back to those first couple of minutes of the game we started so quickly and got to the edge of the box and twice there was Johnny Williams on the edge of the box with an opportunity to just get it on his left foot and, and have a ping and he and he just chose not to and so what I said earlier, we we need those midfielders now. Um, Carlin's gone, and and he's been gone for a little while, and and goals have dried up on the whole. And Igor, we need to step up. Josh Parco's come in, we need to step up, and the likes of Williams, Fosu, Reeves. We need we need those players to step up as well because we're going to have to start sharing out the goals. It can't all be on Lyle, and and as Lewis said earlier, he's going through a little dry spell himself. So it it is frustrating because we're a really good side. And we're, we're a solid side and we play some lovely football as well. We just seem to not quite make up our mind quickly enough. You look at the goal yesterday from Wilkes. He gets one touch on the edge of the box. He has that half a second gap and he's turned and he's yeah. fired a shot in. And yes, it's a brilliant shot and there was nothing Dylan Phillips could do. But he still cho- chooses uh, sorry chooses to take that shot on. And I just think more often than not, we don't do that. And, and that's really frustrating. But... On the whole, the performances are good, and you've got to think that at some point we are going to start taking those chances.
2: Interesting, what we had to say about uh, Johnny Williams, of course, John from Palace. We mentioned a couple of weeks ago uh, that he, he does move around with the ball quite nicely, but now Bo is even in saying himself like he, he just needs to add that final product now. And you know, he could say that's that's probably the same for quite a lot of members of the team. But you know, jo- Johnny's come with very high expectations because we know what sort of player you know. Everyone says he's too good for League One, but I, I, you know, I think Bo is starting to say right. Go on then, prove it.
4: Yeah, exactly. I think we looked at Johnny Williams as a bit of a luxury player when he came in. Um, you know, somebody he, that we've all seen at the Euros and stuff. Yeah,
2: he does bring something. He does bring a, a certain level of excitement. It's just like I say, just pol- polishing it off now—the cherry on the top.
4: Yeah, he does. I mean, he's he's he glides with the ball. He can, he creates the chances. He draws a lot of fouls as well, um, which probably is why he gets injured so much. But um, I think yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's we've you know we are always saying that he, he's not a player suited to league 1 level he is he is better than that but he's got he's got to show it in forms of in forms of goals and and end product and although you know it might look it might look good how he runs with the ball and takes his players on but I just feel like at the moment we just want to walk the ball into the back of the net it just seems that no one will have a pop and Johnny Williams is playing in that you know he's playing at the tip of the diamond in that in that role he should be screaming for the ball in the end of the box and just having a pop because mm. he's got it in him so that's what we should be looking to do but I think this is a guy who's spent a lot of time on a treatment table in his career. Somebody that's probably here trying to prove a point and to rebuild his footballing career. He's he's dropped from the Premier League, or albeit at Crystal Palace, down down here to us. <laughs> and um, gone up, if anything. Yeah, exactly. If anything, he's made an improvement. But yeah, you know, he is trying to find his career again. You know, I've, I've said a lot about Johnny Williams and how how he's coped with his injuries in the past and. How he's really struggled to sort of believe in himself and his own ability, and I think he's he's at the right club that can push him forward. I just think that he just needs to be told that he's got it in him to do it. And I think once once he gets that goal or, or creates, you know, if he even if he knocks in a last minute corner and it lands on Bielik's head or Bauer's head or something, that's still something. I think he just needs something from his from his foot to end up in the back of the net, whatever yeah. way it happens.
2: Um, now normally whenever we, we, we speak to Boyer and he's talking about his aspirations for a season it's always aiming for the sky and it, it was quite taken aback to hear Boyer rule out the top two yesterday because well I mean, we're 10 points away with 11 games left uh, from Barnsley and there's a Sunderland team in there with a game in hand as well above us um, but you know it, I mean it's, it's unusual to hear him say top two is out of the question now. Yeah, and
3: and as I said, we said on comms yesterday, I don't think he's going to let us drop off until he rules that, that top two out. But I wonder if that is a tactical thing. And, you know, you do you compare us to the performance of Barnsley yesterday down to 10 men, still scoring three goals against, OK, a end team who've been very up and down this season, but they still managed to do it. And then you go back to the likes of us against Wimbledon where it takes a last-minute goal to to get the three points there. And I just think... We haven't <clears throat> shown that clinical aspect that those sides have got. I don't think we are going to make top two now, and I've been trying to cling on to that for as long as possible as well. So I wonder if he's just going to say, right, look, our focus now is securing this playoff place and slightly adjusting the mindset of those players. Because if that is the case, maybe they'll start to relax a little bit. Not not completely, because we're not securing the playoffs, but just take the shackles off a little bit and take slightly less pressure on themselves and think, do you know what, we can just play our football and enjoy it a bit more and as I said earlier, try and build some momentum up to the playoffs and maybe he'll get a performance out of them that way because, as we've said, the actual the way we're playing isn't bad. We just need to finish it off now and perhaps if they're just slightly more relaxed about it, then those chances will turn into
2: goals. Mm. Uh, now, the, uh, the other thing that we asked Bayer about, and obviously it's been in the, the headlines this week and, uh, again, you sense a little bit of frustration, I think, from Boyer about the, the Roland Duchatelet uh, comments during the week. He demanded that the uh, EFL should uh, acquire the club uh, I mean obviously, we went into this on de- in detail on thursday's show um i i, I wasn 't very happy if i 'm being totally honest um, but at the same time i mean you have to ask Bayer about it because it is it's something that 's bringing i mean he said it himself it brings a negative light onto the club when he he only wants positivity, but unfortunately that 's just the way the way of the world when 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 the club owner is going to come out and suggest something that you know, universally has been derided as just a bizarre idea that would never work and shows once again that he appears to be losing his marbles when it comes to running a football club if he ever did have them in the first place. Um, you can see why Bo is frustrated because he, he he must. I mean, I said it to you in the dugout yesterday, Tom, just after we spoke to Bo. I said, it must be so annoying when you're here in your first managerial role, doing a really good job, you know, getting a, a team uh, on, on a bit of a, a, a difficult budget. And, and getting her to perform the way you have, and everything's going well on the pitch, but every now and then you get your boss sort of leaning out from behind the bushes and just, just calling everyone idiots and, and saying something stupid, or saying, oh, look at me, I'm stupid, like, doing that, I mean, it must be so frustrating for, for Lee Bowyer, and, you know, obviously, uh, you, you ask him about it, and he, he just has to say, look, I need to ignore it, and it, often, I mean, I do that at work sometimes for a laugh, ignore the boss, and say, so I'm going <laughs> to ignore you, but, I mean, it's very rare that you actually, someone has to just come out and say, oh, I'm just going to ignore my boss.
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's just frustrating because you know it does as Boe touched on. You say it muddies the water because you look at the job that that he and Jacko have done this season on a shoestring budget. You know, we you look back at that Sunderland game at the start of the season, we were all we were all sat in here in the, on the Thursday preview show thinking, well, "Is this going to be a season where we struggle to stay in the division because we haven't got the squad?" And Boe has got us in the top six and comfortable in the top six. And I think he'll have an eye on who he wants to play in the playoffs for sure, but. I'm just—it's frustrating because, in terms of the footballing side, we're ticking over nicely. We've got a team that we that we believe in the support, especially at the away games this season. It's just been fantastic. You know, we're we're packing out away ends up and down the country. Yesterday, I, I reckon last season, if we'd have had that trip, it'd be, it'd be half the amount of people there than there were yesterday.
2: I think last season we did have that trip, and we took about the same.
4: <laughs> really, I don't know why, but we seem to travel well to Doncaster for some reason. Yeah, but, yeah. I just I I think that there's there's something special about it, and whether it's because people really buy into, you know, Lee Bowyer and Johnny Jackson and what they're trying to achieve. They are working miracles under the restraints of a completely deluded owner. Um, I mean, well, you know, if he's come out and said the EFL wanna are gonna buy us and he demands that, if it gets us the linesman that we had yesterday every week, then maybe <laughs> it would be a positive. But it's you know it's it's stupid. Because mm. I was going to ask you how, you how
2: you felt on on the first. Obviously, we, we we've had a show since then, but you weren't here, so mm. uh, you haven't had your own chance to react to that statement. Um, obviously, the, the way it came out last week, the graffiti at, at, at Roland's house, uh, talk sport. Then on the Tuesday, Wednesday was fans forum, and the minutes came out in the on the Friday morning, where he, the suggestion had been. And we we're like, wow, that's crazy. And then in Thursday afternoon, it, it, it turned from a suggestion into a demand. Uh, I mean, h- how did you ride that roller coaster of emotions?
4: Oh, it's just—I don't—I wasn't even surprised. Any, anything that comes out of that man's mouth is utter tosh, and it's just ridiculous. Especially the—the the, the, he loves Tuesdays. It seems to be that on a Tuesday he puts out something ridiculous every time. I think that Middlesbrough statement did that come out on a Tuesday? I think yeah, you I think played them on well the Monday, out, yeah. and it came out on the Tuesday. And, and just the, the he's just so deluded, absolutely deluded. I think <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if his family needs to have a chat with him and check he's all right upstairs because I don't think he is. I, he can't be. Some of the stuff that. So he comes just, out just to clarify,
2: with, you're not on board with the suggestion to. <laughs> it yeah.
4: depends if we get the linesman as part of the deal. Because yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's just it's so bizarre. Is he mm. just needs to keep his mouth shut and just sell the sell the solid thing.
2: Right, the floor is open. Uh, plenty of you have had your say on all the, the topics we've been discussing so far. The the, the the game yesterday, the performances, Johnny Williams, anything you want to talk about. Uh, and of course, the, the Roland du Châtelet uh, situation, if that's uh, the, the kindest way of putting it. Bob Liskum is having his say on Johnny Williams. He said uh, it's not just Lee Bowyer who's uh, told Williams he needs uh, he needs to start to score uh, as he was surrounded by half a dozen fans on the train home letting him he needs to score uh, yesterday. So I'm guessing you were in there Bob. Um, I, hopefully in, in a nice way you were saying he needs to score and like, apparently uh, some uh, Stella Steve apparently met Lyle Taylor after the game yesterday and told him he should have scored in a <laughs> less than complimentary manner. But that's Stella Steve for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you good to see the, the the fans interacting with the players in a nice way, which I assume is what Bob would have done uh, with, um, uh, with with Johnny Williams. But yeah, I'm sure it's it's nice uh, for for players to have chats with with fans as well. I'm sure Williams knows as well as anyone else that you know he needs to start um, finding the, the the back of the net, uh, and and hopefully he will do. Uh, soon right Will Bolland said uh yesterday when Lee Boyer said that he uh he thought the referee was had a good game Will said this is the first time I've really disagreed with Boyer. uh apart from disallowing the goal the referee was awful there seemed to be one rule for Doncaster and another for us a very poor ref but that's not new in the EFL and especially not in League uh one uh right um We've got loads of tweets on the naming of the stands, which we'll come to in a bit. But then John Ellis says, "I thought we played really well for most of the game yesterday. A draw away at Donny, uh, given the table isn't too bad." He said he's already got the 26th of May penciled into his diary. Play our final. If you... No one's booked any holidays yet, have they? It's in oh, my no. phone. It's in the yeah. phone. Yeah. Just in case. Mm, yeah. Well, hopefully, I'm, I'm not going to get too ahead of too far ahead of myself because <laughs> I made that mistake last year and I got too uh, too excited, uh, and unfortunately, obviously, that didn't turn out uh, to be. The case, uh, Christian Norsworthy said, uh, is, is still in disbelief that someone could think that uh, <laughs> sending the club to the EFL, uh, could be a, f- a feasible plan. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, Spenny said, It was a tough place to go yesterday, Don Castle. I would have taken a draw, but I felt we were the better team because I mean, that is the thing everyone says, a draw, a fair result or not. Um, because we I'd argue that our spells of dominance were longer than theirs, which is probably probably the right way of putting it. And therefore, we, we should be awarded three points by our EFL overlords.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. No, I feel like if that um, if the disallowed goal hadn't happened, I think it would have felt uh, we'd have been a bit more gutted than we were. But because that, that happened and we really could have lost the game, I think uh, the draw... I think we were all kind of buzzing off of that draw. So, And we've all said it would it'd be, it'd be harsh on either side if they'd lost it. Mm. Draw's a fair result.
2: Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, uh, F James, yesterday was a great point earned. Donnie are a strong team, especially at home, but now is the time to seize the day. It's in our hands to still reach second spot. Our run is perfect, other than... Pompey and Luton but we have them both at home we will do it so Ev is still clinging on to the uh, the hope that we will get into that top two after after Boja's ruled it out yesterday Uh, but again we love the the positivity Ev thanks for uh, for that Uh, Garmy said uh, he was only going to listen this evening if I go on another rant uh, like I did on (laughs) Thursday but I'm not right Mark Anderson (laughs) tweeted in saying I'm back on the source uh, but he's actually rely, replying to Roland Duchatelet. I hope he's replying the, to Roland Duchatelet, not himself. Um, I know uh, this sh- as a show, we, we may drive people to drink. But. <laughs> Probably. Probably uh, ourselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's probably why Nathan wasn't here last night. Uh, Right, Tom uh, Bramley says, Really good performance yesterday. Like most, I would have taken a point before kickoff, so I can't really complain. It's just a bit frustrating. When we dominated play for the first 75 minutes or so, uh, Donny did play well after their goal, so a draw was probably fair. Now, Mark, reacting to the uh, the comments from... um, Uh, Roland de uh, said hi guys I I just don't see Roland's request as being serious he does want to blame everyone but himself for his failed ownership now he is focusing on blaming the EFL maybe he wants our sympathy by trying to convince us he has lost every last marble now. Uh, just so, yeah. Because the, the more you think about it, the, the more it does seem like he's just furious, and now he feels like it's the EFL's fault, and now he's not. May, maybe he isn't being serious. He's saying, "Oh right, we. Why don't you deal with this rubbish then?" May, that's sort of the vibe. I'm just wondering if it's so much frustration, and, and he knows it doesn't make sense, and he's just going, "Oh, you deal with this rubbish then." And he doesn't want to have to deal with it himself. Or, am I being too kind there?
3: No, I, I said it on Thursday when he's backed into a corner or he's annoyed, he lashes out and he's fed up somebody said he <clears throat> or we've said plenty of times he bought the wrong club first of all and I think maybe you said it on Thursday he's bought a club by accident and he's made a big mistake and he doesn't like to admit he's made a mistake so he's just going to try and point the finger of blame at as many people as he can until he he gets rid of it and as we said on Thursday it's going to come to a head and there's going to be some sort of end game in all this and it's just about whether that's good for the club or not but I think I do. I just think he's got to the end of his tether with it now and he's just fed up of it and he just wants rid because although we might only be 2% of his time, we're causing him a lot of trouble and most of that through his own fault. And he just wants an easy way out now and he's not making it any easier for himself because he's too stubborn to admit his mistakes. So, mm. yeah, for me, it, it is a frustration from him that he's ballsed it up and that he can't just switch it off and switch it back on that he's actually got to ride this out until he's prepared to sell it and and as i said on thursday until he knows his asking price that's just not
4: going to happen
2: mm, right um Martin says a story of the last few weeks yesterday, everything right. Uh, but then in the, the the final ball is either poor or it's poor finishing, letting us down. We can't kill teams off. And he says he's desperate for Lyle to get back to scoring ways. As you mentioned, he hasn't scored since the, the Shrewsbury game. Not just a little. I know, he came so close yesterday with that one that hit the post and, uh, possibly should have done a little bit better with the one in the first half where William sent him away over the top but desperately unlucky with the one that that came off the base of the post now David Nicholls says scoring goals is an issue again sounded like we should have been out of sight but in the end we were grateful for the point let's hope the Boyer is right about someone taking a hiding soon uh, Pompey next week uh, and let's perform on TV for once uh, then he uh, David has his say on the uh, Australians uh, uh, or the the takeover issue he says if the Aussies or any an other really bid 35 million pounds and Roland had to take it he wants out and we want him out someone needs to get through to him about being realistic as we aren't a championship team with a chance of the Premier League again we're really I'm really starting to fear for the future now with Roland's bunker mentality and so many players bow uh, out of contract this season at the end of the end of the year uh, if he becomes more entrenched and we don't go up uh, Louis Mendez's fears from August 18 could come true in August 19. Yeah, still famously, I bet on us to go down at the start of the season, <laughs> uh, as we see it comfortably in the playoff places. Although uh, we've got a tweet saying uh, questioning how comfortable we actually are in the playoff places. We'll come to in a sec. Cliff says uh, a tough place to go. So a point is a good result. It's a shame we couldn't have taken our chances, or we would be sitting here with three points. Hopefully, we will take them against Portsmouth next week uh, 100% and then so reading the Daily Mail article last week about Roland turning down 30 million uh, and is looking to recoup uh, 70 million is absolutely ridiculous looks like we're stuck with him until he puts us into administration next season is a write-off already if this club isn't sold we've got players out of contract Boya and Jacko would be crazy to stay if Roland is still here what sort of budget would Bose get to rebuild a squad pennies that is what my guess is that Roland will, will wait uh, for the response from the EFL and then stop writing checks. I mean, yeah, we have got the response from the EFL. Uh, presumably, <laughs> hopefully that's going to be made public. They did say they will respond to the request from Roland. I'm begging that gets made public because that's, oh, go, that's going to be hilarious. I mean, so What, what so. do you think would be in that, Tom? Uh, Lewis? Well, LOL. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> mm. I have no idea. You're okay, hon. Yeah, yeah. okay, hon. Yeah, Richard Justin, we were talking earlier about the um, added time that seemed to uh, go on forever. He says the extra two minutes were justified because both Rebo and Billick were down for over a minute in injury time. I timed it on my phone but my, my, I still think so three minutes were shown and then Aribo almost immediately was on the floor for about a minute uh, and then I thought we played three minutes and then Billick went down with maybe five seconds left so even if Billick was down for a minute there was still only five seconds left to go in my opinion but I mean Richard he's timed it so maybe Ariba was down for longer than I thought or Billick was down earlier than I thought who knows but uh, that's what he has to say Uh, Rob says I genuinely fear for the club's existence under this imbecile he has to sell sooner rather than later otherwise there will be no CAFC for future generations it needs a buyer or a bullet Uh, oh not that's (laughs) not too fussed which one right now I'm hoping it's going to be a buyer hopefully Hopefully, not a bullet (laughs) yeah hopefully it doesn't get to that stage Um, but yeah Ollie asking how did Taylor play yesterday Tom how would you give him out of 10
3: Six or seven? I thought he, he held the ball up well, made a couple of nice turns to get away from players. I think uh, probably a, an early season, Lyle Taylor scores both of those chances because one of them he hits direct at the keeper. It's a good save to keep hold of it because a lot of time you see that bounce off the keeper's leg and go in. And then the second one, to get he gets himself in a position where he's actually got a lot of time to finish and then misses the target or hits the post. So... I think his, his general play, as we've said about so many players, his general play is good, but he's in the side to score goals. And because he hasn't done that, then I, I can't give him more than a seven, I don't think.
2: Mm. Uh, right, um, Exile says, I admire your positivity, but I think a playoff place is far from certain. A tough game next week versus Portsmouth and a five-point swing uh, either way is easy. We need to keep working really hard. Matthias says a good point away at Doncaster. So relieved the assistant referee put his flag up. Uh, he said he saw Nathan yesterday. Uh, uh, well, I hope that hasn't affected you too much, Matthias. He yeah. says uh, we need to win next week. And Sebo quite rightly pointing out that yesterday was the first bit of luck we've had with the officials uh, so far this season. Well, I'm sure there's been other ones, but it feels like it, doesn't it? There we go. Right, let's have a listen to the audio diary. Uh, as I mentioned on Thursday first show, all, loads of us were going up yesterday. Pretty much everyone from Chulton Life was up there. Uh, and we all met uh, in the morning uh, in Weatherspoons in St Pancras, my favourite place on earth, Weatherspoons, <laughs> uh, uh, for a few drinks. We've got some special guests as well. Now, Anyone who saw the photos of Lewis celebrating the winner at AFC Wimbledon <laughs> last, uh, last week would have noticed in the background there was a man who appeared... Uh, well he had a look to kill didn't he really uh, and it turned out to be one of Lewis's mates Rondon uh, is his nickname for some reason uh, he was there yesterday so he's a special guest on this uh, audio diary but this is how we got on on our trip up to, uh, up to Doncaster yesterday
1: Right more than everyone
2: St Pancras, Wetherspoons we're a better place to start and away day, don't cast it away. Everyone is in attendance. Tom, Lewis, Nathan, we're all here. Looking forward to the day, Tom? Yeah, it should be good. I'm quietly confident, it's going to be
3: a difficult game, we were just (laughs) talking about their home record Um, They're in good shape at home, but yeah, I'm confident, I've had a big old Weatherspoon's breakfast ready to go
4: Lewis, three points today on the road Uh, I'm hoping so, yeah, I'm I'm fairly confident, I mean they had a a bit of a beating in the week from Shrewsbury So they'll be looking to bounce back from that, but I feel feel comfortable, We we had a good win last week, I think that Although it was only against the lowly AFC Wimbledon bottom club, I still think that last minute winner can bring a bit of a lift to the side. So fingers crossed.
2: Nice. Yeah. Um, three points today, that and that's pretty much our playoff place sorted, isn't it? Yeah, three. Yeah, three
7: points, and uh, we're a bit sorted. So uh, looking forward to the game. Nice big group of us. Everyone's here at, uh,
2: at
7: the pub in uh, some Pancras. crisper, but where I was then. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be
2: good. <laughs> I've got a special guest on the podcast this week. Many of you will recognise him from uh, the background of that photo of Lewis Cat. Rondon, how are you right. doing? Looking forward to the game?
8: I am I am very much so. Mate, how do you think we got on today? I reckon we'll do alright,
2: I still reckon we might end up in a draw. Like Now tell me about that photo of you behind Lewis because Lewis looked like he was loving loving it away at Wimbledon with the, the, the winner, but you look like you're ready to kill as many people as possible in, in 30 seconds. Uh, to be
8: honest, the um the mascot, the womble, was giving me the eyes and I was tired, ready to knock him out, to be honest, mate. <laughs>
4: So we've arrived in Doncaster, been here a few hours now. Uh, been watching the, the Tottenham Arsenal game with a few beverages and the team has come out, the Charlton team. Uh, a couple of changes from last week. Uh, George Lapsley and Mark Marshall come out the side. Igor Vetskeli coming in for his first start since November. And uh, Christian Bielik returning to the side as well, probably at the base of the diamond. Rondon slash Tommy Peacock, what do you make of the start eleven?
8: I think it's a very strong starting eleven. To be honest, it's probably the strongest eleven we could have played out for today's game. Uh, Vet Kelly and Taylor could actually form a better partnership than um, when Hernan Grant was in, but obviously it's yet to be seen because Vet Kelly's been injured most of the season.
4: Yeah, and a good point there, Tom George. Big chance for Eagle Vet Kelly today, getting his first start. Uh, you feeling confident that he can make a bit of a name for himself now?
8: Yeah, I think he's, he's got a good chance. I think this is, this is the main time he needs to do it because really without him, obviously Parker's injured we haven't really got a lot of other options. So it's, it's, he needs to, he's got his opportunity now. He needs to take that opportunity. So,
4: Naif, we've been in Doncaster a few hours. Uh, you've sent us to about three different <laughs> pubs that don't exist. We've finally managed to find ourselves at the Black Bull. Uh, the team news is out. Uh, a couple of changes from last week. What you make of the 11?
7: Uh, well, I think Eagles. Well, first on the uh, pubs, it not my fault. I sort of. Uh, well, it was my fault. <laughs> I thought it was What well, did I think it was? Oh, the, 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 the black, black lion, lion. But there's no such thing. It's a red lion and a black ball, but we managed to get it in the end. Uh, in terms of the team, um, yeah, Eagles got a start. I mean, you haven't really got much choice, really, unless you started T. And I think Bo said that he weren't 100% this week. But I see it's a positive side. He still kept Johnny in. I thought. Ben might get be given a game here but um, it's gonna be a tricky game and um, I think well a lot of people I spoke to said we'll take the draw before the game. Whether or not well the time you cut hear this it'll be um, we'll know the score obviously but yeah draw would be happy but let's hope we get the three points and um, get a nice little little cushion against Donny.
4: So George 0-0 at the key motor half time fairly even affair so far but probably arguably you'd say Doncaster probably have had the better of the clear-cut chances.
8: Yeah we've I mean, We've had a few chances I think we need to change something up maybe bring on Fossu or Marshall we, we definitely need to change something because it, it's not working
4: at the moment. Uh, Pico what did you make of the, uh, the first half performance from the Addicts?
8: It wasn't the best of ours from us to be fair I mean we didn't we made some chances but we really didn't capitalise on them and obviously like Taylor and the now, Govita Kelly aren't really getting the game much, to be honest. It's just like we should be taking more chances from more of the midfield he's offering us. Goal here at the Keymo. Uh, corner comes in, turned
4: into his own net by John Marquise. The man that we thought was the threat in the first half of Doncaster Rovers has turned it into his own net, and Charlton lead 1-0 here at the Keymo. So Nate, no, full time at the Keepmoat. Doncaster one shot on one. Late late goal chalked off uh, for the home side. Uh, don't know, bit fortunate what do you think it was the correct decision?
7: Um I mean I think on a balance of play I think draw uh, was probably a fair result for me. I think first half we, we shaded it. We had a let you know up until the goal I thought um I thought we had a sort of we had the momentum and the things were going our way and I think that the goal was coming, I think. Um I mean as a home side you know they're always gonna they're going, they needed to attack the game. There's no point in setting for a the draw. They need to attack the game. Uh, they got a goal straight after, which is disappointing, especially of was bringing Marshall on to try and make it a bit more solid. And I mean, you couldn't make that... The, the change sort of came at yeah, the right time, but you couldn't really... You know, the, the formation got really set. But, um, I mean, look, like I said on the train, up think the so I'll, I'll take that.
4: Yeah, I think it's so. over the 90 minutes, probably... Fair result, all in. Would you say? I think, as you've mentioned there, thought very, very frustrating to concede so soon after scoring. Um, it seemed like just before our goal went in, yeah. it wouldn't go in for us today. So felt like we have made the breakaway with that own goal, uh, and then scored immediately after that. Um, sort of knocked the stuffing out of us a little bit, especially in those closing periods.
7: Yeah, I think. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the balance of play, I think the first 20-25 minutes, I think we were on top. They came onto its second period of the first half. Second half I thought we would have better if we started better and then they obviously grew into the game as the game wore on. But I mean listen, it's not it's not AFC Wimbledon. Um, I think they're a good side and um, yeah I think we'd take a point and we still got that gap. I mean yeah, we would have preferred a win, but they've still got to win that game now which they didn't do against Frewsbury So I still think the ball's in our court, we still gotta win our games and then we'll just how we go from here.
4: Point shared at the keep mode today then. Charlton won, Donnie won. We're off down the pub. We'll see you later.
2: Lovely. there we go our away day a diary from the trip up to Doncaster always enjoy a good away day don't you um lots of uh lots of people out and about I ended up in O'Neills when we got back for a little while as well, which was uh, which was good fun. We spent about an hour desperately begging the man, the music, the guy was a musician in there, uh acoustic musician, trying to get him to play Mother Kintyre, but he kept saying he doesn't know it. So oh. I think we should have just sung it for him, really, which we would have done. I think we were anyway, over everything else. <laughs> <side>. <laughs> uh, right, Bob Niscombe saying, uh, surprised that Parker wasn't in the squad uh, yesterday. He was fit enough to play in the 23s on Friday, he scored two goals. Yeah, he played 89 minutes of 23s on Friday. I'm just guessing that he, he needed those reserve minutes before he could be exposed to first-team football again. But, you know, positive sign that he scored twice. Uh, no PSC, I noticed, uh, yesterday or in the 23s. Uh, and I only noticed that today, otherwise I would have asked by you yesterday, but interesting. Um so hopefully hopefully he's only just got the sickness bug and he hasn't had any setback or anything like that. But maybe we'll find out uh over the course of the next few days. Right, um, messages on the Chatton Life Forum. Uh Re, CAFC, it says, a good result in my eyes being uh, away and it keeps the gap we have between us and Doncaster. They needed to win a lot more than we did. One of our best performances for a while as well. Could have gone either way in the end. Lots of chances at both ends. Overall, a draw was probably fair. Uh, a bit worrying, though, that it's another game where one of our players have failed to score 5 in 7 now with one uh, with uh, the goal being an own goal. Taylor has uh, not played well since Grant left and missed two big chances yesterday which is worrying. We need him back to his best ASAP. Interesting that Grant has done better at Huddersfield than Taylor uh, has for Cholton since Grant moved. Perhaps Grant was more crucial then we fought. Good to see uh, the defence was relatively solid again yesterday other than Purrington uh, and another great performance from Dylan Phillips. Credit to everyone who travelled yesterday, didn't stop singing once. Yeah, Lewis, you're in that way. And the, where we were, it sounded brilliant, uh, the, the support.
4: Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, was, we've got a lot of uh, decent chance kicking off this year, haven't we? And it seems that everyone's buying into it. And uh, yeah, it, it obviously it, it can be their 12th man, can't it? For the for the players, I know Bows has, has mentioned it quite a few times that... We can make that difference, and um, I, you know, I sort of persuade, I'd, I'd encourage any, any fan to get down to. I don't know maybe you don't want to come to the Valley at the moment, but if you can get to an away game, then, then do because you know it's a, we're a friendly bunch of fans. You, mm. you seem to bump into somebody you know, or if you don't know him, you end up chatting to him about Charlton in the pub, all friendly, and it's the atmosphere is always great. And uh, I think we're already planning our next one, probably a stopover, which could be quite messy. Hopefully we've secured our top six place by then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Plymouth uh, coming up towards the end of the season. A few people looking to, uh, to stay down there. Right, Don and Astor said, please... Not to get beaten yesterday, but we need to start scoring goals and lots of them find a bit of form and put a winning run together. I thought in the first half we played really well. Donny looked a bit sloppy perhaps, tired from their game in the week and then up their game a lot in the second half. Pompey at home on Saturday will be another tough match, but we must go into it uh, with confidence and not fear. It's interesting, isn't it, how runs get put together because you, you, be, you could look at it as in we've won one in five or you could look at it as in we've lost one in ten we've lost one in 10 games. It's, it's weird. I mean, we're drawing a lot of games basically is what that's telling you uh, at the moment. But yeah, it's, it's funny how you, uh, you can be half full or, or half empty uh, in either way. But Mendonca announced said, I would love for us to come out the traps and be two or three up by half time uh, rather than playing a cagey tense first half. Be more boldly and take the game to them. I think it's uh, against Portsmouth there he's talking about the players have the ability and need to show more belief in themselves. Uh, and then he goes, how that bloke I can't mention, oh, I'll mention it's it's uh who <laughs> takes up of my time uh, thinks that Charlton are a bunch of graffiti supporting artists uh, is uh, beyond me Uh, they were handing around lemon drizzle cake and bread and butter putting putting on our supporters coach he says the Giza is a donut he's full of Belgian waffle yeah I mean obviously the the graffiti um, incident again as we talked about on uh Thursday show I mean there's no no there's a lot of question marks over who's actually done that and until the Belgian police actually come and point the finger at someone then I don't think anyone can assume it was a champ fan or not a champ fan uh mm. that's not for our job to make assumptions it's also not for bo- uh for um uh for for anyone Yeah, you know, for Duchat to make assumptions I know on Talksport he said it wasn't clear but uh in the statement he did seem to point the finger at champ fans which I don't think is uh is fair at all right um and a couple of DMs actually as well from uh, from Phil. Uh, so I didn't listen to the game yesterday but now top two has gone a point away at your playoff rivals is decent enough once again a lack of goals from our midfield is costing us more important to me and always has been is uh, somehow ridding ourselves of du Châtelet. if we went up it could be one of the toughest years under this madman with no investment it's time uh, for the trust uh, and card and somehow the apologists to get together and come up with a plan to get this club back we need to get the Valley Party uh, we did it with the Valley Party uh, we can do it again he says Roland's du Châtelet's comments this week shows why he only spends 2% of his time at Charlton a complete misunderstanding of how football works uh, how a football club and how the football league works that's from Phil Cullum he says the guy is just nuts and uh, yeah, you're not going to find me uh, disagreeing with that unfortunately because uh, I'd love to be able to, but I can't. Right, Kinsella at AOL.com dot uh, com emailed offside goal. Uh, of course, it was offside. The assistant ref called it, and therefore, uh, and the referee agreed with him. Therefore, it's offside. And then he signed off his email as Graffiti, uh, which took me about twenty minutes to work out that says graffiti <laughs> earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's what uh, they had to say on the offside goal. Uh, Mark Anderson's disappointed. Just saying, Mark now, Mark Anderson says that having Johnny Williams playing for Charlton is like dating a girl above your station.
3: Yeah. I go along with that yeah. <laughs> as a man who dates a girl above his station. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say
2: that. I, I, I mean, yeah, we, we we all do in this room. But I, 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 and this is going to sound awful in this in this um, in this context. But she really has to start performing now, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he hasn't. We still. He still hasn't scored a goal. Oh God! I fame, he's not listening. <laughs> right. um uh What is it? Shall we listen to Navizal? Let's do that. Absolutely. I know I know you've all been buzzing for this interview. Nabi Sar. Now, like I said, I did promise to play this on Thursday, but I got a little bit carried away uh with my rant. Um uh, Nabi Sarr obviously uh, scored his uh, free kick goal, his second league goal of the season uh, at AFC Wimbledon last week. Um so obviously obviously there was this Look, this interview was a bit longer, but it's a bit out of date now, other than the fact that obviously over the Oh, Amy is listening, brilliant, just got a text. <laughs> uh, obviously over the last uh yeah, over the last uh uh, yeah, you know, this season Nabby's just uh, is, uh, just performed superbly, and if you think about uh, where he was when he signed for this club maybe four years ago, uh, that never seemed likely. So uh, after the Wimbledon game, I was just asking Naby uh, what, he, what he thought it was that has uh, seen this upturn in his performances uh, over this season.
9: Uh, Nothing. I, uh, I think I had the, the chance this, this season to play more, so I think the more you play, the more you build confidence. Uh, the, the 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 past few season, I wasn't playing like regularly. I was playing and after on the bench, playing on the bench. So this is I have the chance to uh, to to go uh, to go uh, most of the weekends. So so I'm happy and I'm, and I'm building on that.
2: Your relationship with the fans has been quite entertaining to watch on the sidelines. I saw you sort of bowing to them uh, after the game. There, they they, they certainly have mm-hmm. taken you under their wing this season.
9: Yeah, of course it's, it's very good and uh, and that, that give they give me strength. Not, not just me, I think the, the whole team because uh, uh, we have we have us on, the, on our back and uh, they were singing until the end and uh, they helped us score the, the, the second goal today so, so that's good.
2: Obviously it has been a bit chop and change a bit at the back four with, with Piercy being out and the full backs having to change a fair bit. Does that make it a bit more difficult to become settled?
9: No, no really. It's just uh, no one, uh, I'm going to say no one is safe, everyone has to fight for, for his position that's so how that's what I'm trying to do and uh, and uh, and after the, the, the gaffer make the decision but I'm trying to do the everything I can to, to keep my position even. The the PC is still the, the captain is an important player for us. But it's a healthy competition and I think that keeps us all going to to uh, to do good every weekend.
2: There we go, big nabs. Always great to hear from him. Sorry, it was only brief because most of that interview was talking about the, the Wimbledon game and obviously that's a bit out of date now. Um, but, oh, love nabs. And, uh, you know, I mean, I remember at the turn of the year when when Piercy got injured, I remember saying in the studio, well, now Nabby needs to lay down a marker and, and make himself undroppable. And, well, he was obviously listening to Chalm and Life that week because he's gone and done it.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic since coming in. And I think we were all... When he first came in, we were all looking, right, how long's Pierce going to be out? Because we need him to come back. And Sara's taken that pressure on him and all the pressure really since the start of his, his Charlton career, which has just been, it's been tough for him. Um, and he's just ex- excelling now and you can see the confidence in him. And I didn't think he had his best game yesterday. He got caught in possession two or three times and picked the wrong pass a couple of times. But that's small criticism for for what's largely been praised because he has been fantastic and his defensive side of his game has improved a lot recently. We know what he can do on the ball, we know what he can do going forwards. I didn't realise he had that free kick in him but in terms of kind of starting attacks and his quality on the ball um, but his positional sense, the way he can just clear danger, I mean him and, and Bauer in particular but Sar had to do his bit against Marquise yesterday and did it very well and Yeah, uh, he's keeping Pierce out of the side for me now and and Pierce is our leader, our warrior, our captain and at the moment can't get a place and uh, until Saar does something wrong and obviously I hope that that doesn't even happen then for me he has to keep his place unless you move to a three at the back and, and put all three of them in.
2: It's a remarkable turnaround in form, isn't it Lewis? You know... Uh, anyone can remember what it was like three, four years ago. I mean, Naby was a laughing stock. So just to see him performing as well as he does do now, uh, obviously there is a caveat. Don't forget he's on a lot of money because he signed on a big contract winning the championship. He cost a lot of money in the first place and we've gone down a level, but he still has to perform at League One level and it's not, it's not easy. And, uh, I mean, what, what do you think it is that, that makes him so much more settled this season? I mean, he's, he said it's game time, but do you reckon there's more to it than that?
4: I think so. I mean, I, I, I agree. The game time, he's never really had that consistent run on the side. I mean, we saw glimpses of it last season, but he was only really coming off the bench or filling in where needed be. He was sort of that bit part player that were coming at left back if he was needed. Um, and do you know what? I think more so, I think I've touched on this last week when we were on the show with Terry, that it just, its it shows his character and that... He had probably the toughest of, of starts when he came here out of those players that came from the network. He he seemed like he was a, a poster boy uh for the regime, a failing regime, uh and as you say, a laughing stock and a mockery. And despite all of that, he had his unsuccessful loan period, I and mean, when he came back, we maybe thought that we wouldn't see anything of him, we'd try and get rid of him, but he stayed here. He's he's staked to claim when where others have been offered the chance to stay here and haven't um and he's he's played his way into the side and and he's he's kept himself there and he deserves so much credit mm. and it's uh, it's really nice to see because I always think there's been a player in there I think people forget how young he still is um and it's it's just great to see Naby doing well and you can see that he's happy playing football and he is happy at Charlton you know he's he's always smiling on the pitch and mm. and the fans love him and I, he truly does love the fans back I think I really do get that
2: yeah, his teammates love him as well. 25 years old, Nabi Saar. But yeah, uh, certainly come into his own since the, the, the turn of the year. Started every game since uh, since the turn of the year as well. Jim Campbell tweeted in, uh, have the EFL bought Chulton already? That can be the only explanation for that offside. Uh, Yeah, that was uh, one of the questions. Right, let's have some nostalgia, shall we? Uh, And I like this because uh, this is basically a listener writing the script for me, so I didn't have to think about (laughs) the last 10 minutes. Richard Workman tweeted earlier uh, today. So if more of you want to start writing the script for me, save me a few hours, uh, hours, (laughs) a few seconds every week. uh, Feel free to tweet in ideas. But Richard Workman Workman said earlier, West Ham named a section of their stadium after Billy Bonds, which stands to Cholton rename and who should they rename it after now, as, as you'd expect, we got a lot of um sarcastic responses as well. So, Bob Knight emailed in saying, uh, we should name the toilets after Roland as he's taken the pee <laughs> for the last five years. Uh, and yeah, we've got another another similar suggestion, uh, came in uh, from uh, Dr. Lazarus said, uh, we should call, uh, we, we should have a, a, a toilet section called the Katrine Latrine, which I mean, it, it works because it rhymes. Uh, and they're both about they're both about as useful as each other as well, which is good. Uh, you could argue a toilet's more useful. Uh, Martin says West End should be named after Alan Kerbishley. Uh So that's an absolute. Uh, Um, (laughs) no-brainer. Terry wanted to see a stand named after the linesman from yesterday as well, which is quite (laughs) funny, which I I think I'd go along with. We'll have to find out what his name was. Um, Yeah, the lino stand. Um, uh, Garmy says, uh, wants Keith Peacock for the west stand, Curbs for the east stand, and the covered end should be renamed the Hales End. Well, yeah, not bad ideas. Who would you guys go for? I mean, the obvious answer is Curbs, I think. Curbs
3: would be the only serious one that I I would think, because Naming a stand is a big deal. You've only got four of them, and when you look back at the whole history of the club, you've got to be careful. For me, the covered end should stay the covered end. How about the Simon Church West
2: well, Quadrant. Well, good, <laughs> yeah,
3: and the the Olverstad family stand. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I think the only the only serious one for me would be Curbs. look there's players who've done amazing things at this club, but you know, even people like Jacko. You know, if he goes on and has a managerial stint here and takes us to the Premier League or something, at that point, you'd think maybe. Um, But for me, Kerbs is the only one in recent memory who's really done enough to earn something as big as one of our four stands and part of our real estate being named after him.
2: Mm, Quite a few people were actually saying, how about the, well, Steve Wisdom said the Roland Duchatelet Châtelet (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, Steve Henry said The Roland du Châtelet stand Guaranteed to be filled Every game But then he says On a serious note Maybe uh, after Alan Kirbishley. James Court Would like to see West stand after Kerbishley uh, The East stand after Lenny Lawrence Would be great to recognise Our three greatest managers With Jimmy Seed uh, Already in place uh, Obviously Lenny Lawrence Was actually slightly Before our time so, But I know he's held In high esteem here uh, by, by fans uh, of a Slightly older vintage uh, Marcus Hoare said uh, Agree that it would have to be Alan Kirbishley West stand How about Chrissy Powell for the East Stand, I mean, he's certainly we be popular with uh, with our uh, with our <laughs> our generation. Uh, John Skinner said Derek House perhaps for the uh, the cover there. And then M tweeted in saying the Jimmy Seed Stand shouldn't be stuck uh, with the well, Jimmy Seed shouldn't be stuck with the away fans. Should uh, may, maybe he wants to either cha- move the sand or move the fans in it, which could be a, a, a good idea as well. And then Jimmy Seed himself, his grandson, who probably has something to say about the Jimmy <laughs> Seed Stand himself, said uh, we should have the Sar Bar named after Nabi Saar. So there we go. Excellent. Uh suggestions on this evening's Charlton live and I say thank you to uh um to to Richard Workman for sending that in. Um and Mark Anderson was in Berlin at the same time as me by the looks of it. Uh so I hope you enjoyed it out there Mark and uh yeah Charlton boys taken over Berlin. That'll be the day when we get into Europe and we and we play Hertha Berlin away at the Olympic stadium then we'll we'll all meet up and uh, uh go and you know hang around in Alexanderplatz or something and have a sing song. <laughs> uh something to to look forward to Bob Liskam. Uh, I thought he tweeted in something. But, uh, oh, yeah, there we go. He says, name of the stand. Uh, here we go. Has to be the Keith Peacock stand. Plenty of people have been and gone, but Keith is still there. He certainly had the uh, the most longevity of anyone to do with the club, I guess. Oh, definitely. I mean,
4: Keith's a, a lovely character, isn't he? I mean, even mm. you see him around to he'll say hello to you, regardless, even if he knows who you are. He's a lovely bloke and has been here a very long time and has, has been a bit of a glue at the club that people seem to look to and, and, and they're good in the hardest of times. So I'd I'd agree with that. I think Pete, Keith P got a bigger one. Kerbs is my obvious choice yeah. behind Navisar. It's, if Navisar didn't get it, then
2: it would be Kerbs. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Sebo, uh, who himself probably has earned a stand named after him, says, uh, How about the Sam Bartram? covered an excellent suggestions now that we've uh, come to the end of the show it's uh, flown by again thanks to all of you uh, who've got involved this evening with your, your, your tweets and your emails uh, your forum posts as well your suggestions uh, for for naming a stand. Um, thanks to Tom and to Lewis for coming in. Cheers, oh, well, Louis. been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening uh, to Charlton Live this evening. We shall see you back here on the first evening. We will get ready to preview next Saturday's home game uh, with Portsmouth. Don't forget it's a late kickoff next week because we are on Sky TV. So don't get it too early. Oh. Um, I hate I hate late kickoffs. Because now my entire day is out of sync. Like <laughs> Do I still go to the Valley Cafe for breakfast, or is it lunch now? I don't know. So I'm confused. It's never too late for Valley Cafe. Breakfast. No, exactly. <laughs> so, there we go. We'll, we'll, I'll cross about that. I'll cross that bridge when it comes to it next week. But thanks for listening. Uh, this has been Chat Life. Live. We'll be back here on Thursday evening. <laughs>